Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. I'm Simon. And I'm Haney. We're in Independent Tech, covering the latest from the IT industry with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 217, recorded on February the 14th, 2022. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on NeedEpintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on most podcasting platforms. It's Valentine's Day, and we have a guest. We've managed to track down one of the, the most elusive people in the data community, Annette Allen. Annette, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. So you're one of the, the absolute masterminds behind what has turned into the data community event in the world. How long have you been involved in SQL Bits? Oh, good question. Hang on. I've just got to start thinking and do some maths. Um, Jonathan and I, I, I'm on the committee with my husband, Jonathan. And we started helping um, in 2011. So basically what happened is um, Jonathan went to the last event that was at Celtic Manor. And then he went to Nottingham and then he said, come to the Brighton one with me. I was only part in working in SQL Server at the time. So, but I come from very near Brighton and now live in the West Country in England. So I said, yeah, okay, that's cool. I'll come because then I can, while you're off doing your training days or what have you, I'm just going to go meet up with my old friends. So I did. And then um, on the Friday, I, w- I attended on the Friday and the Saturday and I jumped straight in and helped on the registration desk and we were helping with this and helping with that. And then we got a call from the committee and said, we need someone to help organize the helpers. So are you and Jonathan interested? So we did. So from Liverpool onwards, which was the end of 2011, we've been, that that's what started it. And then we did that for about three or four years and then joined the committee after that and been doing it ever since. And, and I'm sure a lot of people, they, they know your name but you've managed to kind of keep in the background being the the power behind the throne, if you will. So would you mind just telling our listeners who you are, what you've been doing all these years, and, and well, how, how you essentially found your way into the community? Um, I was dragged kicking and streaming by my husband. <laughs> Why is it always <laughs> his fault? So I've been working with SQL Server since 2000, um, which shows my age, I know. Um, and I basically got a job in the West Country, moved from London down to the West Country um, and got a job working with that with Jonathan. And we ultimately got together. But he was really keen on community. And I was just like, what is it? Didn't know anything about it. And at the time, I had more of an MI role. So I was using SQL Server, but not all day, every day. I managed a team of 10 people, but not purely on SQL Server. And he went off to these things and I went to the Brighton one. And while this was going to the Brighton bits, while this was going on, he was trying to get a user group started, um, which he ultimately did. And it was hosted at the company that I used to work for. And that kind of got me into it. As I say, I was dragged along. Um, and then the more you do, the more you want to do. So um, I then moved into a purely SQL Server role, I ended up being, um, 
I moved into a developer role to start off with and then ended up being a DBA. And now I sit in both camps. So I do DBA work, but I'm also leading a SQL Server development team that we are increasing the size of. So I help the DBAs because we haven't got enough, but I do development as well. So that's where my SQL Server background is. And as far as the community is concerned, as I say, I wouldn't work be where I am if it wasn't for Jonathan. Um, I ended up leading the user group because he went to work for Microsoft and he can't, you can't be a user group leader at that time if you worked for Microsoft. So at that point, I took over lead basically in name only, but we ran stuff together and we ran a SQL Saturday um, for a few years and then found that actually just running bits and trying to keep user group going was more than plenty. So that's a little bit about my community background. And I, I must jump in here. How, how is it to run such a huge event and work with your husband every, every day, essentially? Everything you do, you do together. Yeah. Um, if I was to turn my camera around, you'd see his desk behind me. Um, <laughs> we literally sit that close together. Um, we started out working together, so we knew that it wasn't going to be a problem because we worked you know, opposite each other in an office for eight years. Um, but we sit here all day, every day with noise cancelling headphones off, on, <laughs> facing away from each other. And um, I've worked remotely for about five years, whereas Jonathan's only been doing it since COVID. He actually changed job um, the week before COVID hit. So he's been working from home since then. And it took him a while, I think, to get used to it. And it was just like, oh, I miss, you know, the water cooler chats. And I said, well, let's fix it. So that's what we do twice a day. We stop and go and make a cup of tea like you would in an office. We make a drink together, have a quick chat, go back and work. And as I say, we sit there with our headphones on and ignore each other until lunchtime. But we've always worked together. We work together really well. We have different strengths and skill sets. So he'll quite often poke me and say, do you know anything about this? And I'll, oh, yeah, what about? And I'll do the same back to him. So, um, it, it just works. And we're very lucky like that. Yeah, my, my wife's a biologist or, well, these days she's a teacher. So I'll, she, she would probably kill me if we had to work in the same room <laughs> any length of time. You know, there was a reason why we started to do these recordings remotely, Alexander. When you mention it, yes, that's probably yeah. it. <laughs> but, 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 but for me, who doesn't know a lot about bits other than I, know, I remember, I think I remember the first time Alexander submitted a session for bits and how, like, it's not often that Alexander actually is nervous, but I, I still remember that. Uh, so for our listeners that do not know bits, what is it and how did it came about? Um, it was started, I can't tell you when, a long time ago. <laughs> by a group of people who wanted um, an event for everyone. Um, the four, So the only two originals that are still on the committee are Darren Green and Simon Sabin. Most people will know of Simon, but not a lot of people know who Darren is because he's even more elusive than I am. Um, there was also Chris Webb, Christian Bolton, Chris Tester O'Neill, um, Martin, whose surname escapes me, and a few others. Um, the details are on, on the site. And they started this event, and 
it was, I think it started as a two-day event, so a training day and then a free Saturday. And then it's got bigger and bigger and bigger over the years. So it also, and I don't know how they did it, but for the first probably five or six years, they ran two a year. I mean, running one a year is enough, but running two, that's insane. Um, that is insanity. It is, but it was a lot smaller then. You know, you're talking five or six hundred delegates. I was looking at stats up just now, and we're just about to hit two thousand. Um, wow! But it's a five day event. Um, the first two days are full day training days. We've got sixteen sessions, I think it is each day. Might be less than that. I can't remember. And then we do three days of general sessions that are twenty minute or fifty minute sessions. And don't get me started on how long a session could be because you just open a can of worms. Um, and we have something like 300 sessions over those three days of general sessions because we have 12 rooms going. Um, my area with Jonathan is looking after the helpers and the speakers. So we have the committee is split into we have our different areas. So you've got Darren, who looks after the finance, Simon. Um, who kind of oversees everything. Um, then you have uh, myself and Jonathan who look, look after speakers and helpers. Rob Seal looks after content. He was newly added to the committee this year, well, end of last year. And Tracy, his wife, who looks after diversity, equity and inclusion because we have a massive push on that um, to the point where we even have an on-site counsellor during the event. Um, but we really push the community and the inclusiveness and welcoming people. So we do a lot to try and make people come who might not or encourage people to come who might not because they might feel nervous about walking into an expo with 2000 people. It is quite daunting. Um, and that's where the helpers come in and um, all the group of people that behind the scenes to make it all happen. No, and, and you're quite right, Simon. Um, I've, I've submitted to a lot of events, but BITS is the one that I just cross my fingers. I, I take both the cats and cross their tails. Everything <laughs> that I can cross, I do cross in order to, to get there. So it, it is the event of the year. It is the place you want to go. Um, you, BITS kind of were second to Pass Summit in a way. It was also called the, the European Pass Summit. But in every respect, pass has been been superseded and and essentially been left in the dust compared to to sequel bits. So that that is definitely the place to go. I think one of the reasons um, why people like bits so much is because it's not run by um, an organization. It's run by people who yeah. are passionate about yeah. what they do. Um, sometimes I do wonder how. We do cope. And um, I had, until Robin Tracy came on board, I had extra responsibility. I led the DNI panel. I led on content as well. And it got to the point where all week, every week, there would be something, a, a meeting in the evening about something. And it was mm. like, enough, I can't do this anymore. We can't do this anymore. I want a life as well. Um, yeah. We also don't stop. So once we've done one event, we are the following week, we'll mop up, work out what was good, what was bad, carry straight on and carry on with the next one. Mm. Um, it is almost like a second full-time job. Yeah. yeah, but I think the care for the event shows a lot. 
Actually, for mm. last year was uh, the first time for me at Sequel Bits in person. I was going to come before COVID hit, and then COVID hit, and things changed. So uh, it definitely, I think it is a very special vibe that the event has. Even though it is so huge, there is still this sense of like coziness, I guess would be the word that I would describe it with. That's what we aim for. So I'm glad you feel that. That's really yeah. nice to hear. I mean, on the run up to the event, it's like, I can't do this anymore. This is going to be my last one. And as soon as you get to the event, it's like, no, okay, let's crack on with next year. <laughs> and that, that that's the community for you. And having people like Matthew Roche um, setting the stage for the, the D&I stuff, it's, it's just phenomenal. And I'm so looking forward to all those. Oh, can you talk a bit about the, the extra push you've done this year for, for those things? Um, so we started a lot of initiatives for 2022. Um, I don't know if you, those, those, the two of you went, if you saw the community corner was a lot bigger. Yep. Um, we had an initiative that we started last year as well called the buddies. So they befriended people they had regular chats on Twitter and Teams for people to talk to them to find out what to expect. Um, and they buddied up with people when they arrived. So we have the buddies who are the the helpers to go to if you want to know, join a team on the quiz night. What should you be doing? Who can you go and join a team with? What should, you know, what is there to do of an evening? What do I do when I first get there because I'm going into a training day and I, I don't know what to do or where to go? That's what they do. So those were all in new initiatives. Um, and basically what we've done is try to build on them. So, again, we've increased, as I, far as I know, in the size of Community Corner. We've increased what's going on in there. We do sign language training. This year we've got Welsh speaking training because we're going to Wales. Um, we've got the Meet the PG sessions. So a lot of the Microsoft PGs are coming over. So they're sitting down with people that you can talk to. Um, as I say, the buddies are doing a lot more this year as well. Um, so we also try to, um, on session selection, we don't positively discriminate because our priority is the quality of the content. But if there are two similar abstracts and one is from someone who is a has a diverse background and one isn't, the person with a diverse background is likely to get that session. Um, I was shocked when I first presented there which was okay back in 2012 and a lot's changed since then I was only the fourth female British speaker to present at Sequel Bits the fourth which is shocking that is very shocking I mean okay as I say that was 10 years ago and it's very different now uh last year I think we hit something like uh 30% of sessions were from someone with a diverse background and I think that's up to 36% this year. Um, wow. don't, don't quote me on those figures, but it's a big, it's another big increase. Um, we, and last year was a massive increase on previously. Um, and we don't always ask speakers to, we ask speakers to tell us whether they come from a diverse background, but not necessarily what that diversity is. Um, but it's just something that we are actively encouraging. And we've got a lot of sessions this year and to build on from last year about mental health, about um, the soft skills. So it's not just all about how to do a deep dive into query plans or write a Power BI report. It's, you know, how do you cope in this environment? I mean, being a woman in tech is not easy. 
I've worked for companies who um, my colleagues have not been as supportive as potentially they could be, shall we say. Mm. And um, it's trying to let people know that there's support and help out there. There is a community. You can talk to people. We will help you find jobs that um, will support you. Yeah. With this kind of a push for non-technical tracks, shall we say, I've, I've heard from more than one well, guy that says, well, why, why are you going away from the technical stuff? SQL Server is about tech. What's all this inclusion, yada, yada. Why are you doing it? Have you heard that kind of pushback? So I haven't heard any, but I actually came off social media last year. So if it's going on, I've missed it. Um, I had pushback um, on social media about something that I wasn't happy with. And it's just like, I don't need this in my life. So I am not on Twitter. Um, I'm not on Facebook. I've still got, still got my accounts, but I don't look at them. Um, so... I certainly don't hear about it. No one's emailed us and said, you've got too many soft skill sessions or you've got too much on this. But what we do do is we, we spend a lot of time working out the percentage of sessions on different topics. So, for example, we will look at what's been most popular um, in previous events or what's popular at the moment and say, actually, X percentage should be on this and Y percentage should be on that. So the mental health has got a percentage of sessions that we think is appropriate to the size of the event and the number of sessions. But when you get over 1,000 sessions submitted that has to be whittled down to 200, it is really difficult. And we have a team of people that help us with the process. Um, so I don't know, if, does any, any of you know our session selection process? Parts of it, but uh, please walk, walk us through it. Okay, so what we did, we started it last year, and again, we increased it this year, um, is we got a bunch of people from the community who are experts in their field as content owners, and then we recruited session selectors. So the content owners were looking at what sessions they wanted, what type of things um, they thought were relevant for a 2023 event. And then they had access to session eyes with what was coming in and were looking at. So each one was assigned a theme. So, for example, non-technical was a theme. Um, there was automation was a theme and there was about 12 or 13 different themes. So each one was responsible for one theme. And then so they were looking at it. And if there was a session got submitted that was I, I really like the idea of that, but the abstract isn't very good. They'd go back to the speaker and said, before we start session selection, can you just tweak the abstract a bit and that kind of thing? Or if they wanted a session based on X and it wasn't submitted, they would find someone who could submit it and then it would go into the pool. And then the session selectors then anonymously judged the abstracts for that theme that they were looking for. And then the content owners looked at what they'd gone through and what scores they'd given to the various sessions and came up with a list. Um, so it has been, will probably in, in change the way it works this year. You know, you start a process and you tweak it until you get to a point where you have something that really works. But the committee can't sit down and know what the right sessions were to be 
to be selected. So we've put it back out to the community and this is all led by Rob who leads everyone and helps put everything together. Um, but that is our session selection process and we're very open about this is how we do it. Um, and if anyone's got any ideas on improvements, then chuck them our way. You mentioned a number, around 2,000 delegates. How many of those are going to be on site, do you think, this year? So looking at the numbers, give me two seconds because I have numbers in front of me. Um, I was looking at them earlier. So currently we have just under 2,000 registered, of which 25% are virtual. Oh, so it's wow. still 25% that yeah, are virtual. Yeah, it's a lot higher than I was expecting, but we've got currently hmm. just over 500 virtual registrations. And how many uh, of the, the sessions are remote? Very few, less than 20. Because we've actively encouraged our speakers to come and present in person. Right. We have one room, I think, this year where um, we will have virtual speakers. None of the training days. So all training days are in-person speakers. We made that mandatory. Um, and as I say, I think it's less than 20 general sessions that are um, virtual. Because we think the speakers, the, the delegates get a better experience when the speaker is in the room. Is all of the tracks also viewable remotely? So a person who attends remotely, do they kind of get the full-ish experience, at least in terms of sessions? General sessions, yes. There are four training day sessions that are in-person only, but that was requested by the speakers. Um, so some sessions don't work very well for a training day mm. to be remote. Mm. So they said, no, we, we just want it in person. And that was, you know, on the booking thing, that if you want to attend this one, you've got to be there. Um, but there is only the four. But otherwise, yes, everything will be um, virtual. The only one that isn't is the community corner sessions. They are just in person because... The community corner sessions is a bit of a weird one because we run sessions in there, but they're more like meeting people, doing a panel session about diverse, the DEI stuff that we're doing. We're doing a meet the committee this year, I think. Um, so it's not stuff that works very well for virtual attendees. So it's they are sessions, but they're kind of not full sessions, if you see what I mean. Considering that past summit is going the exact opposite way of not doing just about anything remote. Uh, what's what's your view on the remote delegates? Are they here to stay? Are they going to go away over time? Or where are you with that? My honest answer is I don't know. From an organizer's perspective, I wish it was in person only because it does give us a headache. But I think for... Um, the climate and for everything else, being able to attend remotely, then it's it's the best thing because, you know, you don't have to travel over like this year to Wales to attend it. You can be sitting in, in your home office in New Zealand at four o'clock in the morning watching sessions. You don't have to fly halfway around the world to attend. So I don't know. I think, um, as I say, from an organizer's perspective, personally, this is my opinion, not the Sequel Bits Committee. Um, you know, I would, it's a lot easier if it is in person, but I can wholeheartedly support having virtual attendees because I think the benefit is astronomical. It also costs a lot to run virtually as well, but I think yeah. we will be continuing to do it. Yeah, that that's what we found out when we looked into AVD TechFest, which I'm one of the organizers for, and how much more expensive it is to make it hybrid. 
Yeah. And then it was a very, very basic setup. So if you want to do it like a more TV production set, which I think is the right way in the long run to do it, like have that top quality, then it gets really, really expensive uh, to do it. So I, I think that's that's a challenge that we will figure out over time, hopefully, one way yeah. or another. But it, it's it's challenging. I was going to say, I'm not finance, so I have no idea what any of it's cost. I just... <laughs> hear the words it's really expensive banded about it's just like <laughs> i'm just going to let that carry on i have no idea <laughs> i have enough to do on yeah. my own so another thing the, the name of the conference is really sequel bits rights but you have mentioned a lot of other areas which is not necessarily sequel so what can a first time attendee expect from a content point of view because you cover most of the data area if i'm not well, yeah. So it started as a SQL Server conference, but it's not anymore. But now, of course, we have a brand. So we can never move away from SQL bits. But most of the time, we just call it, I mean, personally, I just call it bits. I don't call it SQL bits. It's just bits. Um, but we cover anything data-related, we'll cover it. So I think, I know last year we had some Oracle sessions. I don't know. I haven't actually spent that much time looking at the agenda. We've probably got Oracle. We've got, you know, you name it, technology-wise, we'll have it. And we've tried to encourage um, development sessions, you know, front-end development, but getting the people to submit has been tricky. So that kind of may or may not happen at some point in the future. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's anything data-related we will be trying to um, showcase, basically. And anything relating to working in a tech industry as well, which is where your mental health sessions and your soft skills comes in. Do you have any numbers on where people are coming from? <sighs> Let me see. Yeah, I would assume that we're talking about to data people here. So I, I, I'm expecting a Power BI report at the least <laughs> with a nice map. Yeah, strangely enough, I am looking at a Power BI report, but... Um, <laughs> um, <sighs> Yeah, Power BI is not my area, I'm afraid, so I have no clue. Um, but it doesn't tell me. Originally, it used to tell us where people had registered from, but it doesn't anymore. Yep. So I'm just, just give me a second, and I'm going to see if I can... Ah, here we go, registrations by country. Alexander, how many times have you attended and spoken at uh, at BITS? Oh, that's a good question. I've I've attended... Four times, I think, and I've mm -hmm. spoken um, at two. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I was just blown away the first time I was there. Mm -hmm. um, and not only by the technical content, that is top notch, but um, what doesn't really, what doesn't show outside of the event are the, the helpers, the, mm -hmm. the community people running, well, the minions. Because they, they are really, really running the whole thing. Um, and they, they're everywhere. They're extremely nice. Uh, so easy to get a hold of. And, and yeah, it's, it's such a friendly event. So to answer your, your question, I can't tell you where everyone's coming from. I can't find that in my current report. Um, but I know we've got, I think it's something like 50% from the UK and 50% from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's fifty percent from the UK. That's a high number. But I think, like, be, I, I've attended several UK conferences, and I think that's quite representative. I would say that it's it's a good amount to have fifty percent from elsewhere 
because a lot of the events I've been to, both in the UK and mm-hmm. Ireland, have been probably way over 50% locals, so to say. Uh, it's it's like, I think it's easy. Like, I forget that even though I, I absolutely love the UK and Ireland. Like, it's a big country. It's a lot of people. Mm. Uh, and sure. uh, it's it's relatively easy to get to most places around the islands. So uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. And I'm really envious on, on all of you that it gets to go to Wales. I had an event in Cardiff at one point, but my flight were cancelled when I was supposed to go there. So it's a place, uh, Wales is something I really would love to go to. So I'm really envious on that. We interrupt this program to tell you about the code KNEEDEEP15, KNEEDEEP15, which will give you 15% off tickets for Cyclobits. Well, we're looking forward to going back there. So it is a really yep. nice venue. It's just a different type of venue to where we've been in the last few years, which is good because a lot of it is um, built rooms as opposed to us building the rooms, which is nice. Yep. I like, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But you were talking about the helpers. We have around 100 helpers this year. Um, wow. I know. It's a lot. Um, and you, they are easily recognizable because they all wear orange shirts. Um, and people say to us, are you going to change the colour? And it's like, no, because you can see them. You know, you want yeah. some help. It's really obvious who a helper is because they'll be in a bright orange shirt. Um, but they make sure the sessions start on time, finish on time. They'll help delegates find their rooms. It's, they are absolutely brilliant. We are so lucky with our team. And each year we have probably 30% new helpers. So, you know, we're always training up new people um, because not everyone attends every year. So... We have a really, really good team of helpers. We're very lucky. Show me any event that has a hundred helpers that are literally falling over themselves to help. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's rare. And, and that does say something about the event. Um, one thing that I've been thinking about, you, you had the one-two punch in the UK for first Brexit, which did not simplify things in the slightest, and then the world ended with COVID. Um, how I, I was in and, and Haney was in in um, in London last bits and the bits before that that was entirely virtual, right? Yeah. And how have have you sort of kind of rebuilt? How much did you lose, and how how much of a danger was bits in during these troubles sometimes? Um. The honest answer is I'm not sure. I don't think we were ever in danger of not being able to carry on because most of our um, the bookings that we had, because we obviously had to cancel originally with about three weeks' notice because we were due to run in March and mm. COVID hit in March. So we moved. We then moved to running in September and Jonathan and I actually moved house in the middle of bits happening in, in the September um, so yeah, total chaos from our, our end. Um, but that was meant to be in person as well. And then we switched, switched it to completely virtual, skipped a year completely because we didn't know what was going on. Um, and then we went back to the Excel. Um, obviously that's where we were meant to be running, but we went back there and everything basically got shifted from the bookings that we'd had to the new dates. So that was quite good. I mean, obviously, we had to pay some cost because of that, but uh, that did help us. But it was it was difficult. And last year was really tricky because it was 
you know, there was no enforced um, daily te testing. There was no enforced mask wearing. But we wanted to encourage it. We didn't want anyone coming in if they were, weren't anything but negative testing. And we did have some people come in who tested positive and we, um, you know, reacted and let everyone know accordingly. But it wasn't, it wasn't easy last year. Hmm. How, do you, how do you think this year, what, what kind of challenges are you envisioning for, for this year that you may not have had previous years? With regard to COVID or with regard to anything? Yes. <laughs> okay, thanks for that. Um, as far as COVID is concerned, of course, over here in the UK, everything's been, um, you know, there is no need to test, there is no need to wear masks or anything else. So as far as we currently stand, we are not going to be following any protocols. However, if you would prefer to wear a mask, then please do. If you prefer to test daily, please do. Um, last year we had COVID tests and masks available to anyone and everyone. I don't think we're going down that route this time. But obviously, if you've got symptoms, test. And if you're positive, please don't turn up. Um, mm. Swap your registration to in-person and carry on. Uh, not the other way around, to virtual. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we came back last year and Jonathan went down with COVID the day after we got back. He tested positive. He was mm. negative on the Sunday morning and Monday he was positive. Mm. So it was... You know, it was difficult, but there's there's no rules now, so it's really difficult to enforce something when there's there isn't any rules. But the one thing we did last year and we've done again this year is we've got really big space for the number of people that are attending, so that you can spread out. And there's loads of places at this venue where you can go and sit quietly without lots of people around you, which is lovely. And I'm really looking forward to yeah. the feedback. And and I can just say from the conference where I'm at this week that. This is the first time since before COVID they are running it. And the last time was in early February 2020. And we were around 600 people. And the actual big conference room at this, or like ballroom at this hotel, takes more than 1,000 people. So this year they actually pushed in 1,000 people in the conference, going from 600 to 1,000. But then you start to see how all the other spaces get super cramped, like every hallway, it's, and, and it's, it's so stressful. And it, it's really gone from that very cozy, fantastic conference where you could speak to a lot of people to now being more like the, the worst kind of Ignite. It's still a great conference. They have a lot of good content and so on, but it's so many people in a very cramped space. And I think that is something that a lot of organizers underestimate. So I'm yeah. really happy to hear that you have that extra space, that you are able to move away, either just to relax and, and be, be gone from all the people, because that's, I think we all can agree on that. It's, it's been yeah. a, a new experience yeah. again to go back to the conference climate after COVID. And I'm already exhausted and the conference haven't began yet. <laughs> it starts tomorrow. <laughs> It's really interesting you say that because last year for the first time we had an on-site counsellor mm. and I don't think she expected to do anything. And she was busy all week because people were suddenly yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm surrounded by people and I, I don't know what to do and I can't cope. I don't want to stand in front of people. I'm, I'm used to talking to a screen. Mm. Um, and she's going to be there again this year. We have our bat phone. So there'll be a phone number that's published. If you're not sure about things, ring her. If mm. if that also phone is available that if you see someone behaving in a a way you wouldn't think is appropriate 
then mm. you can ring and report it. We've changed our changed up our um, all our policies again this year. We we changed them last year, but we've changed up again this year. Um, so there's a we've got a lot of protection going on for people, and we'll do everything mm. we can to make sure everyone feels welcome, safe. That's really key and important. And as I say. It, it is really interesting how busy the councillor was last year. Um, hopefully, mm. she won't be so busy this year. But if she is, she is. Yeah. Um, if people need to talk to someone, there is someone there to talk to. Indeed. Well, we are slowly moving to to the the end of this this chat because we don't want to um, hold you for too long. You have another meeting as well. Uh, it's been a great conversation. I'm yeah. super excited to go to. To, uh, to bits. And the funny thing is when I say bits, someone goes, well, it's actually sequel bits. But we've heard now from Annette, it's okay to say bits. So hopefully that's that's going to stick to people as well. Yeah. And I'm really happy to be going to bits as well. So, Well, please come and find me um, at the event. I'll yes. be behind the information desk. I might be banging my head against a, a, the walls because that happens. Um, I might be hiding. That also happens. But... Um, please come and say hi. Yes, definitely. We'll be back in another two weeks for another episode, and we are actively trying to track down Rob Sewell. He turned out to be a, a slightly difficult man to, to get hold of as well. <laughs> uh, but we managed to find Annette, so it won't be darn not to find Rob as well. We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening, and see you in a bit. Take care. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Need Even Tech. Need Even Tech is a bi-weekly technology podcast hosted by Alexander Arvidsson, Simon Binder, and Heini Hilmaninen. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at needeventech.com. <laughs>